everyone, and welcome to an episode of Getting Hammered. I'm Mary Catherine Hamm, your host. We are your morning show for any hour. We are moderately right and moderately reliable. And here with me, as always, is Vic Mattis, my co-host. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm doing just fine. Had a lovely Saturday night, albeit was very rain-drenched. It was my son's school's annual fall reception, the one that I, for now a third year in a row, do a shift volunteering as a bartender. Nice. So I enjoyed doing that, and it was kind of funny because there was a new dad who took, o- who took over a shift for somebody else, and all of a sudden he was next to me, and he was like in over his head. He didn't know, you could tell he didn't know what to do, and people were asking for, you know, the Pinot Noir versus a Rioja versus a Cab, and he's like, well, which, which is which? What, what, what? And then, and he just turned to me, and he said, uh, somebody asked for Makers and Coke. And then he just goes, can I let you handle the complicated drinks? The complicated drinks, yes, the highballs uh, consist of two things, but that's okay. You're like the Ryan Seacrest of school night bartending, which is people watch and they don't think there's like maybe a ton of skill involved. Oh, and then they try it themselves. Like they have the little jigger and yes. I'm like, I don't use it. The guy's using the thing. I know. Just I know how to eyeball it. He's got and it the guy came back. That effortlessness. And, no, that's what it is. It's years of practice. Faked. Yeah. It's obviously taking its toll on me right now. But I did want to say this. Uh, a couple things. Yeah. One, uh, I did convince a nice fellow named Everett Price to tune in. So we'll see if he actually is tuning nice. in. Uh, the second thing was I was actually stopped by a genuine hammerhead. Wow. Yes. Lovely na- uh, lady. Her name is Ann Robertson. Love it. A mother. Also has a kid at the same school. She just came up to me and said, are you Vic Mattis? I said, yes, because I love your podcast with Mary Catherine Ham Ruthless. And I said, no, not quite. And she immediately stopped herself. And she says, oh, no, 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 no. Getting hammered. I'm so sorry. Because you were on Ruthless. You know what? It's nice to have fans of both. Yeah, it's a Coming to us. And she was, she was very excited to meet me. Or at least I like to think that. But she wanted to talk. She's a big fan of yours. And she says she loves listening in the morning when she's getting her kids ready for school. She loves the mom talk. Oh, my god! Go gosh. figure. Well, go figure. I got some for you today. But before I okay, get into that. Yes. Can I say, we are on YouTube at oh, yeah. Getting Hammered Podcast. You can see us, our full set. I want to thank our team at Nebulous Media and Jennifer and Colin for making this look so nice. Absolutely. And the nice lady on Facebook Market who sold me this beautiful, this beautiful RCA. brand new RCA. That is a showcase showdown That's a right showcase here. showdown. That's it. You got to tune in to see it, guys. You got to tune in to see it. I do want to say, and one other thing is, when I was at the bar at this thing, a guy asked for a gin and tonic. I give him his drink. And you know what he says to me? What? I go, I go, here's Drake. And he says, thanks. And he said, so, how does this party rate on the quadrants? Which is a very old reference. I said, A++. He said, on all the quadrants. And I said, the part of the night is young. Yeah. Mary Catherine, how are you? I'm pretty good. I was coming home yesterday from an event. Where was I? I don't Some work thing I was doing. And I came into my front door. And there was a tussle with the door. There was an animal incident or an insect <gasps> incident, oh. I should say. I opened the storm door and a yellow jacket who had been stuck in between the storm door and the real door flew out at me. At you. Now, my door is up some very steep stairs. So this is like oh possibly gosh. a perilous position yeah. I'm in if I lose my cool. Okay, guys. Which would be terrible because of an insect. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he flies out. I'm not that scared of bees, yellow jackets, ugh. but I'm not, not that good. scared of stinging insects. However, 
he landed right in my hair. Like right, right where you can see it out of the corner of your eye. And I said, you know, to myself real fast in my head, I said, the cost of freaking out is pretty high, MK. Let's keep it chill. And so I just tossed my hair like this, thinking that the dumb yellow jacket would obviously fly yeah. off of my hair once my hair had been tossed calmly and strategically in the direction of the banister and over the side of the this my high staircase. No, he hung on. He hung on, at which point I was like, okay, I'm not freaking out, even though I'm a little more freaked out than I was a second ago. And, and I took my hand calmly again, because I don't want to make him so mad that he stings me. And I sort of brushed him out and then went, <laughs> But you didn't get stung. But I didn't get stung. I came out unscathed. And then I was excited to see it on the Nest camera. I was like, let me see how cool I was. And I got to tell you, the video's underwhelming because I was so cool under pressure, Vic. You weren't like freaking out. It doesn't. Like this. It just looks no. like a professional working mother coming home calmly and dispensing with a yellow jacket peacefully. Okay, that's what it looks like if you've ever seen that before. I, well, a couple. It's a very thoughts. special OnlyFans category. Yes. First of all, congratulations not getting stung because I could totally see you. you getting stung on the hand as you're brushing it up yes. because it'll be in like between the strands and then how do you mm -hmm. how do you remove anything that's, from your hair? Right, you got to pull it out. If you lose it, Vic. If you are like me. It's basically Tom Cruise yeah. and Mission Impossible. You hold it together and you just and you brush gently. Gentle. Uh, you didn't think about cutting the hair <laughs> as a solution. Okay. The other thing is it's interesting because it is now it's almost October. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, like late August, those yellow jackets are angry, right? They start yeah, off it's okay. Like the last as you get of this yeah, the last one, they get really angry. But now they're in this days because the weather's cooler that I think that they're a little bit more sluggish and you can That might be it because he did unawares. seem sluggish. That's good. Okay. So that worked to your benefit. That's no. good. And I'm glad you feel you... less brave though, I guess. No, say. no, 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 no. You you still it's about how you handled yourself, regardless <laughs> you. of the bee. It's just how you handled yourself because my kids still make fun of me when we are walking in the parking lot after dinner. And one of those shopping black, you know, those uh, brown shopping plastic bags right. from the supermarket, it got stuck in my foot. I thought it was like a rat or something, and I freaked out. I freaked yes. out as it was caught in my foot, and they still think that's hilarious. No, there's always that moment where you where you can go either way. Yeah, well, I tend to go crazy. <laughs> in other quick animal news, I do have mm -hmm. my dog Scout is having a little bit of a hip issue. We've oh. had it x-rayed. It doesn't seem to be a thing. Okay, good. But as a result... We rested him for a while. He really doesn't like to rest. He likes a lot of exercise. We rested him for a while. It still seems to be, it doesn't seem to bother him a lot, but there's something going on. And so now he's on some muscle relaxers, which means I have drunk sleepy dog at home with me all day. And I have to keep supervising him up and down the stairs because the other day I gave him the pills and he went down the stairs and I was like, whoa, sweetie, let's not injure ourselves further. Sort of like watching the president, actually. Hey, hey. there you go. A lot did of you, muscle relaxers. Did you see? This is Just, another list. I know. But did you see the, the story in Axios? Yeah. With the White House's participation yes. about how what they're doing, they have a plan for mm -hmm. preventing the president from physically falling. That the, includes the, the candor shoes, is quite amazing. Exercises. Yes. He's doing some PT, some balancing yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
they're being very frank about this. Is this the Kamala camp? Well, this is interesting because I believe one of the, the people quoted on the record was a White House spokesman. I think it's Andrew Bateman is his name. Yes. And he used the word, he, he said, yes, we're doing this, albeit indignantly, he said, indignantly, which is sort of like maybe he meant like it's grudgingly that they yeah. have to concede that he has to wear. That they have to talk about yeah, this they have to. Form? So he's got to take the short stairs on Air Force One. And even though uh, as he was deplaning in Michigan, he kind of almost slipped again on the short stairs. And the, But the other thing is the health, what we used to call health shoes. Yeah. Which is, they call it tennis shoes, which is being, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you know, sure. Yeah. Not that he's playing tennis in them, I don't think. I you don't never think know. So. But, he works uh, out for an hour and a half a day. I'm Nick. sure he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know what the, yeah, com- the Kamala people are probably like. No, he doesn't need that. He's fine. <laughs> she hides his shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hides his. No, when do you wear these new, very slick loafers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna get back to 2020, but first, let's do a little Hill News, shall we? Oh boy. Look, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. In fact, it's a funny thing. So the the government probably will shut down oh, Sunday. Yes. However, basically nobody really wants to talk about this because in searching for stories about it, normally you get this like real like up to the second back yeah. and forth yep. about yep. what's going to happen. And this week it's just like I'm digging around for stories to try to decipher what's happening on the Hill because mm-hmm. everyone would frankly rather cover other things. Sure. Like. Travis Kelsey and Taylor, which we're going to talk about later as well. <laughs> However, I did get some information, which okay. I will pass along to you and try Let's to cliff notes this thing for you guys. The government would shut down Sunday midnight. Yes. If nothing passes. The House, as usual, is having trouble passing something. Kevin McCarthy was putting together a continuing resolution for 30 or 45 days, a sort of a stopgap measure with his caucus. However, his caucus only has, what, like a four-vote advantage. It's a very narrow margin. So they really have to hold together on a plan. Members of the Freedom Caucus have not been keen on holding together as part of this group. Others in the Main Street Caucus and more moderates, of course, are at odds with the Freedom Caucus. I should also add that Matt Gates, who's sort of the spokesman of this cantankerous group, passive-aggressively, apparently leaving documents in bathrooms of the house suggesting that they oust the speaker On like changing the, table right <laughs> which is like that's such a move marjorie taylor green who was formerly has been an ally of uh, mccarthy's on some things in the yeah. past is not on the package he put together this week so that sort of fell off now that doesn't seem like there is a real solution right. before saturday in the house however the senate is sort of calling the bluff now What Democrats do, and what they did last time we came to an impasse, is that they wait for Republicans to do something, hope they blunder, and don't pass anything, and then just blame them, or that they can swoop in with their own thing. But basically, they they rest on their laurels, even though they do control the Senate, and say it's their their job to do this. That's right. It's their job to do this. Now, the Senate seems like, well, now we're going to have to actually do this. But the funny thing is, so they're going to maybe vote. By the time this Mm -hmm. airs, they may have voted already on a package. There is no language for it yet. This is coming from the Senate. It's very short term, maybe four to six weeks. That would be a CR. The funny thing is it has to be sort of conservative because they need Rand Paul's vote on it. Right. It's the flip of the house. And by conservative, I mean it has some of the limitations that 
the Freedom Caucus types mm-hmm. were asking for in the House. Right. For instance, there wouldn't be Ukrainian spending in yeah. this version because they have to keep Rand Paul, which means whatever they kick over to the House is not going to in an attempt to make them vote on it. Right. It may not happen or it could be not the worst version of this for the people that are upset about the House version. Did that make any sense? Well, <laughs> I think it makes as much sense as they're trying to figure out who's going to get blamed. Yeah. That, that's, 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 where the, that's what makes sense to them is they're just trying to figure out if I get blamed, then I'm not really going to be for this. And if I don't get blamed, yeah, let's shut it down. So, I mean, if you're into the whole parliamentary procedure thing, this is like, you've hit the jackpot here. Yeah. There's like the, four people oh, who are into that. Yes. <laughs> Michael Barone, maybe, you know, stopgap spending, patches, yes. Yes. discharge petitions, you name it. it it's all it's in- It's an exciting it's, it's time. All in the mix. And uh, yeah, yet, yet again, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy finds himself being held hostage by maybe five members. That includes, as you mentioned, Matt Gates and MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Andy Biggs, Eli Crane. Those kind of those folks, and Ralph Norman, folks yeah. who you would consider parts of that caucus normally, like Chip Roy, Byron yeah. Donalds, were on board sure. with the package then, that McCarthy had been pitching. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, it's a real open question whether that could pass the Senate. So right. there's problems coming from both sides. That's right. Here, here's McCarthy just having a, a little bit of a, a gaggle about this. People who want to close the government only makes it weaker. Why would they want to stop paying the troops or stop paying the border agents or the Coast Guard? I don't understand how that makes you stronger. I don't understand what point you're trying to make. But, you know, there's always a handful of people can stop anything. That same handful stopped us earlier in the year from doing anything on the floor. If the Senate passes as a bill to fund the government for a short period of time with no spending cuts that includes a supplemental for Ukraine and disaster aid, would you put it on the floor? I'd be shocked if the Senate passed anything. They were supposed to pass any appropriation bills for the last three weeks. They haven't passed one. That's that's his take for now. Okay. So I get it with what some of these renegade members of Congress are, are, are the statement they're trying to make, right? We spend a lot of money. And every year we always talk about we need to cut back on our spending, right? The deficit, the national debt, all these things need to be cur- curtailed. And then every year we, everyone goes along with spending more. And this right. has been going on since the 90s. I get it. But these things rarely, a shutdown rarely works out in the Republicans' favor, no. where everyone, if you took a poll, said whose fault is it, it's going to be the Republicans, because you have the media on the side of the Democrats. You're going to send these news crews out to the Washington Monument to find the tourist family that traveled here all the way from Nebraska, and they can't go on top of the Washington Monument, or go out to Mount Rushmore. Same thing. Can't see it now. A lot of tears, a lot of disappointment. Thanks, Republicans. So, I'm, I mean, they're spending like, I know, but I get it. It's like $1.59 trillion. Well, it's a lot. And it's a lot. by the way, this would be the, the 11th, the 11th shutdown in about 44, 45 years or so. Uh-huh. And yes, I think it's it's not likely to redound to uh, mm-hmm. Republicans benefit. However, I will point out that an ABC reporter asked KJP about a finding in their most recent poll that said something different. Let's hmm. hear it. Um, the White House has made it very clear that it's on Republicans to avoid the government shutdown, not on the White House, but our latest polling shows that a higher percentage of Americans would actually blame the shutdown on the president and the Democrats, not on Republicans. Why do you think that is? And should the president be out there speaking more on this issue? We're going to be very clear. This is this is this will be a Republican shutdown, right? This is extreme House Republicans who have made it very clear 
that the, the chaos that we're seeing in the in the house they are marching us towards a government shutdown that shouldn't be happening this shouldn't be happening this is the job of congress one of the basic jobs of congress is to keep the government open a deal was made so she just keeps repeating that this is a republican shutdown which you should expect from kjp the She's white relentless. house from anyone who is aligned with her which is most of the press yeah. that's what will be repeated so i wouldn't count on this abc polling result holding you also in a government shutdown situation i'm sympathetic because i think my gosh if we can't make priorities in more urgent situations yeah. then when do we ever make priorities right, right. that's that's right. the disappointing part of this however do i think you're dealing with the root issues of debt and spending when you do a shutdown no because a lot of that is not the drivers of the debt yeah. right so yeah. so i'm no, not sure you're, you're again that. again there's a lot of short-term pain members of the military not getting paid McCarthy mentioned all these things just now. It is funny with KJP, the Republican shutdown. You see how they're working because it's yeah. the same thing with the Putin price hike. Extremist. It's it's the they they want they want fetch to happen, and 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 yeah. This I mean, one's more I guess likely I, maybe to I shouldn't be so than Putin's inflation. Right, yeah. right, right. And maybe I shouldn't be pessimistic about about who's going to get blamed on this. But I mean, here's the thing: if if you lose five members of the House, how are the Democrats voting on this? Are they all voting against this so that Republicans well, have to carry it single-handedly and they can't? Because if they can just peel off five, right. then problem solved, but they're not going to, are they? So here's the concern for McCarthy, in my understanding of mm -hmm. all this, is that deal made back when he became speaker after 15 votes, that there was this suggestion that you could vote to vacate oh, yeah. the speakership. Now, once again, they don't have anybody in mind who's going to do this job, but the threat... <laughs> of vacating, which has been left in the restrooms, the threat of vacating is what might keep McCarthy from teaming up with Democrats yeah. to pass some sort of you would have it that well, wouldn't have spending cuts, which is the thing, or would have yeah. Ukrainian spending, which are the things that are holding this up. That, but that's what I think that's what they need right now is for these, the stopgap spending patch needs to include that sort of funding. I'd like to think for Ukraine, but maybe that might not happen. The terms are just it, scintillating. I love these terms and, and funding for the border. <laughs> you know, they need to do something about the border, so they want to throw that in there. But in return for what do they want it for? Approval for four years of right. approved spending. That's a, that's, a, that's a tall order, yeah. shall we say. Speaking of the Senate, oh shall we delve oh. into the senator from your home state? How much time do we have? <laughs> so, Senator Robert Menendez and wife, what's her name, Nadine? Arslanian, yes, Nadine. Arslanian, excuse me. She, he's the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He was indicted on corruption charges by federal prosecutors. This is Friday in a Manhattan court in an influence-peddling scheme involving Egypt. The unsealed indictment revealed that Menendez's wife, Nadine, New Jersey real estate mogul Fred Dave, Daves, or Davies, right. yeah. and two other business associates are being charged alongside the lawmaker led by Southern District of New York attorney Damian Williams in June 2022. Investigators conducted a search of Menendez's re residence in New Jersey and found $100,000 worth of gold bars, nearly half a million dollars in cash, much of it stuffed into envelopes and hidden in clothing, closets, and a safe, or as they call it in New Jersey, just good preparing. <laughs> <laughs> and a brand new Mercedes-Benz C300 yeah. convertible. Okay. Right now, I think we stand, it started, like by the way, only with Senator John Fetterman said immediately yeah. that he should resign while he's under indictment. Yeah. He has now been joined, I think, by 
at least three other senators that may change. We are now, as of right before we tape the show, 18. 18 Democratic senators. Oh, wow. It went way up while I was not researching that. I had it 12, and then another six joined just now. Now, So as far away as Mark Kelly in Arizona. and Before we get into the details of this. Yes. What do they do if he refuses to resign? Because this is what happened with Northam in Virginia, Mm -hmm. where people said, oh, yeah, if there's this picture of him. Oh, right. They all did. They all came out and told him, you need to go. So Northam is our former Democratic governor of Virginia. He served before... Youngkin won in 2021. He could not run for re-election. There's only one term mm-hmm. in Virginia. But one of the scandals that he experienced was in a college yearbook or a law school it was yearbook. Like medical school. Medical school yearbook. He was pictured. We're not sure exactly which yes, one. Yes, there were two people because their the, faces were obscured. Yes, either in blackface or in a Klansman hood mm-hmm. in this yearbook. Which is worse? <laughs> it's hard to say. Listeners, we'll take a poll. Hard to say. You know, I think the blackface is, I mean, it's, it's really offensive. I mean, they're, they're both. One is, one is like scary. Okay. Yes. One is like, okay, you know, the burning crosses that, that, that invokes like a threat. Yeah. And the other one is just, it's demeaning. It's I, demeaning. So they're both, I don't know. It's so, a draw. I mean, they're both, all, both equally not, offensive, but in different not ways. To, not to bring up old, yeah. but <laughs> this whole thing was infuriating because we, we still don't have an answer for which one he was, by the way, which if it were the press corps asking a Republican, we would 100% oh, they would have know the answer known. They would question. have had DNA and everything. <laughs> the, the, they actually, do you remember this? They, they even hired a law firm to investigate yeah. the photo. What does the law firm do? I have no idea, mm-hmm. but they, maybe they have PIs on, on, yeah. on, on the payroll. And at the end of the day, they could not determine. Oh, they could They determine. could not determine how the picture of these two strangers appeared on my name. <laughs> And when he had a press conference addressing this, he made some weird, awkward, sort of casually racist reference to Michael Jackson as well, and then started to moonwalk, and his wife had well, to stop him. He wanted to prove that he, he had the moves. That's a real thing that happened. At any rate, a bunch of Democrats were convinced after this mockery of mm-hmm. his profession, even as a politician, which is hard to mock it, that... They should call on him to resign. But when they did, he refused to. And they all just sort of shut up and went away. Yeah. And he didn't resign. Yeah, because what, what else are you, are you like? So what were they going to do for Robert Menendez's case? Uh, table for one in the Senate dining room, you know, <laughs> right. all alone with your navy bean soup. Well, and here's yeah. here's the thing is that if they all call for him to resign and he refuses, which is like this sort of Blagojevich was the first one yeah. who sort of tried to right. try to brazen, brazen his, his nonsense out yeah. and just like hold on. If he attempts that, the press probably will allow Democrats to just move on. Yeah. It would be a different story if it were a different party. Right. But I want to hear what you think about the details of this, oh my gosh. this New okay. Jersey so business. We, okay. Are you telling me New Jersey politicians get up to do good? Shocking. <laughs> Shocking because New Jersey is, with a few exceptions like Chris Christie and Bridgegate and Robert Torricelli and Jim McGreevy and Newark Mayor Sharp James and Abscam, other than that... Just a few. Other than that, upstanding, upstanding <laughs> members of members of uh, Congress are members. No Illinois. Yes, public servants. That's upstanding. The, that's the, no, that's it's the no bumper Illinois. sticker. Yeah, come on. That's pretty. That's a, not, that wouldn't be a bad one, right? Yeah. Rhode Island, for that matter. First of all, I think it's funny that we're going to be heading to a point where we're going to be talking about a Menendez trial that does not involve <laughs> Lyle and Eric. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, I do. That's before maybe a lot of younger listeners will not remember. That's pre-OJ trial that everyone had to tune into. That was the trial of century it, until OJ. It was, and it's the it, it was the trial that I believe inspired or, or, or you know Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers mm. in part. 
and also aspects of the cable guy as well with Jim Carrey because it's our obsession with these things. This is different. What do I think? Okay, so as I mentioned, New Jersey does have a rich history of this sort of thing. Chris Christie being very petty, or at least the people underneath him were petty. If not, it's unclear yeah, I'm, I'm about like, shutting down a lane. I'm going to a little Fort- bit stick up for Christie here because they did do a bunch they, of investigations and never found out sure, that he knew. But that's right. And all they did was close one lane in Fort Lee going into. But if you ever driven in that area as you're on your way to the G- George Washington Bridge, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. It's bad enough when the lanes are open, let alone you close. Is one, it okay? gold bars level? Okay. We're, we're, that's exactly. Okay. So here's <laughs> the thing. Robert Torricelli, a previous senator. Uh, also had to step down because of corruption charges. No gold bars in that one. It okay. was like a flat screen TV, a fancy suit, but nothing like that. And I want to go all the way back. Oh, Jim McGreevy, mm-hmm. which oh, it was because he was paying uh, an advisor on the side, but he wanted to make it about the rest stop arrest where he, uh, Jim McGreevy yeah. was arrested at a rest stop because apparently people go to rest stops not just to get more gasoline. I've heard mm-hmm. yes. it wasn't a chip stop. Either. No, it was like that that song on Skinny Bop, like gasoline, you want to pump me. Okay. Okay, I'll just, sorry. <laughs> and, and remember That's the rest of it? And leave me when you get your fill. And do you remember, so he spoke in front of the assembly. Yes. And remember what he said, Jim McGreevy, his opening line. Oh, I remember it. I'm going to let you have it. I am a gay American. Mm-hmm. And Robert Menendez tried to pull the same thing. He did indeed. Can I read you the Please quote? Please do. Those behind this campaign simply cannot accept that a first-generation Latino American from humble beginnings could rise to be a U.S. senator and serve with honor and distinction. To which I say, let them fight. <laughs> let the identity politics yes. people yes. fight. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was very quick to shoot that down. She goes, nope, <laughs> you can't play the race card. And well, I'm going to tell you. Why can't he? Well, that's exactly right. Why can't he? Also, he deserves his day in court. Why Russia? You know, he's there. Okay. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. The other one I wanted to discuss was Ab Scam, and that's another New Jersey uh, controversy. If you're not familiar with it, the movie American Hustle yes. is a very loose adaptation of that scandal in which FBI agents posing as Arabs were giving suitcases full of cash to politicians in exchange for favors, citizenship, things of that nature. And that did bring down Senator Harrison Williams, leading to the only time, in a that's the last time, I believe a Republican served as a senator from New Jersey. Oh, a very you know what? Now it would be repu- it would be problematic just to have FBI guys dress up as oh, as any, anyone of Arab descent. It's the cultural that's, appropriation. That's appropriation. No, you can't do it. You can't just you can't do, do it. it. No, you can't do that anymore. And and, and I believe I don't believe it was probably entrapment for, for, for poor Harrison Williams. Okay, <laughs> here's my thought. Okay, these are all allegations. Okay, let's just, mm-hmm. let's, oh, just yes. let's just say that. Okay, it's all allegations. Jersey delicate. Yes, my, speaking on my, my the gentleman from New Jersey. Okay, two things. One, okay. the gold bars. You want to get to the gold bars? Yeah, there are 13 yeah. gold bars. They're stamped with Swiss Corporation. Swiss, okay. Yeah, Swiss Bank Corporation. Okay, famously neutral, so that's important. Yes, famously neutral. And if you watch these commercials with William Devane and Judge mm-hmm. Napolitano, mm-hmm. gold is the way to go, Okay, right? Okay. Protect yourself from so the this chaos. this is just a sensible No, it's sensible. Decision. It's sensible. I don't know who get, how he got the gold bars, but don't we all want that, okay? Right. We should be thinking gold and silver. We should be so we should. lucky. We should. Okay, the second thing is the cash, okay? Uh-huh. We're talking about the cash. $480,000 stuffed into monogram jackets and safe in other locations right. in his house. And what was his explanation? Do you remember? I did not see that. His explanation was- Good tailoring? He is, no, he's like the old school, you know, old school folks who were scared and they, they stuffed money oh, in their mattresses. Oh, He you know? ain't that old. And he also invoked, he, it gave him an opportunity to mention 
his parents who had to flee Cuba because he's a staunch anti-communist, which is true. But remembering that struggle, and that was so ingrained in his mind. And I guess 480,000 is enough. Uh, so that's, a pretty good, to, that's a pretty good line. In case the communists it's come back. Bad. In case the communists come back. That is, that's more on the level of like breaking bad. Here's our go money. Yeah. You put it in the back, and then you just go with 480. 480. What, it's just tipping money. <laughs> wait, you, you know, that's how we tip in Jersey. Yeah, I know. The, the thing is, though, it really isn't like old people. Old people might save, I don't know, several thousand dollars also, stuffed into a old, mattress. Now, number A, he's not old. B, it's not, yeah, it's not like he's talking about, you know, you know, you know, those banks, you can't trust them. Yeah, you yeah. know, in 1929, I lost a fortune. You know, I almost jumped out a building. You know, didn't do anything like that. No. So that that is, I'm not buying that. The other problem is, of course, what he, what he allegedly got in exchange for the influence, okay. right? The E-Class Mercedes. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the the that's the that's the low line. It's a convertible. I'll grant you that. But it's this not, is a novel yeah, defense. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a C class. It was a C class, I think. A C class C for compact. How bad could it be? If C all is he compact. Got was if, a C class. If I'm going as a United States senator, yeah, and you want my influence, I expect at least the S class. Okay. Okay. Sedan. Noted. I want the, the full deal or a Bentley. This is this is the Blagojevich approach. I have something valuable. Yeah. You will give me it's not, not, more not than a secret. As you remember, he said, it's a beautiful effing thing. That's what he said. But those are serious Those are serious charges. And here is my deep thought now. Okay. Jokes aside, my deep thought. What are the Democrats saying right now? We're all saying he needs to step down because we're principled. Unlike those Republicans right. with Donald Trump, multiple indictments, and yeah. they're all too scared, we're willing to go out on a limb and say, our own party member needs to step down and resign. How great of us. Right. When in fact, what they want is to him to be out, is for him to be out, the Democratic governor, to appoint someone to fill in the slot who will be another Democrat to right. protect them when re-election comes in 2024. If, if Bob Menendez decides, that would be so amazing, to run for a re-election in 2024, if he's Do still it. there, if he's not behind bars. And Chris Christie run against him. Would be wild. That's that's what they fear because yeah. you know in the Senate the Senate their control of the Senate is very tenuous. Well, so that's what that's what they're really thinking for, about here. So let's for be, the well, I'll give them credit because it is the right thing mm-hmm. I think with charges this bad to say like, hey man, you can run again if it turns out you're mm-hmm. exonerated, exonerated. But my goodness, gold bars. Okay, so there's that. Also, the Trump team has taken to Twitter occasionally since this broke to say like, well, well, you know, we should have his day in court too. <laughs> Thumbs sort up. Of an alliance yeah. on the the mild defense of the Bob Menendez. That is charges. the Washington Free Beacon position as well. Please stick this. I could. It took. It, this could take years. Yeah. By the way, due process. Due process. As we always. Say. By the way, he was indicted in 2015. Yeah. They didn't get him on it, and then I, was it 2017 or 18? There was a, a hung jury, if I remember. Yes, correctly. The, the Solomon Milligan case. He walked away from that. Yeah. And immediately, allegedly started doing this? Well, I mean, it seems He was like, well, I guess they're not going to nail me. Let's try again. He had a good lawyer, and it's the same lawyer as, you know, it's Abby Lowell. He's back. He's got, those are two big clients. You know what? Among others, I'm sure. Abby Lowell, doing the Lord's work. (laughs) And look, he got him off the last time. (laughs) He really, he did. He did. He did. did. uh, But I mean, it would be- Not in the Hunter Biden sense, but in a different- Boy, I, don't, I just hey, threw that up. Hey. That was a softball. Let me just say, so my, my last thought is, he you know, as a Democrat, he was not one of these far left right. senators that would drive you nuts. Right. Corrupt, 
quite possibly. So we can't, yeah, we can't have nice things. Was a, no, we can't because he was a staunch anti-communist, right? I do he appreciate was, He was that. a friend to Israel, an enemy of Iran, and he did many great things for the state of New Jersey, including the, the Museum of Science and Trucking and the Esplanade. Oh, sorry, that's the Sopranos. I get confused. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Moving on. Let's do a little 2020 talk. 20, oh, okay. It's 2024, excuse me. Sure. I know what year it is. It feels like 2020. Like That's wrote, why. It feels I wrote like it's 2020 in my notes by accident. It's fine, guys. I don't know. It's, just, it, it's nothing. Did I changed. mention I was almost stung in a harrowing run in with a yellow jacket? Okay. All right. 2024 talk. I want to run through a few poll numbers first just okay. because they're kind of remarkable. This is the ABC Washington Post poll. Oh, yeah. President Joe Biden's approval rating is 19 points underwater. His ratings for handling the economy and immigration are at career lows. A record number of Americans say they've become worse off under his presidency. Three quarters say he's too old for another term. And Donald Trump is looking better in retrospect. All severe challenges for Biden and his reelection campaign ahead. The top line is that Trump edges him out by 9 or 51-42 in a head-to-head matchup. Now, this is an outlier. That's what they're saying. They were quick sure. to, They were so quick to point this out. Push-pull, outlier, the whole deal. Well... So here's the Nothing question. Nothing to see here. There's a lot of very bad news in here yeah. for Biden. Even Extremely if it's bad. not that, something's um, going on. Yeah, even if it's not a 10-point lead. The idea that Trump, of all nominees, would be able to break out of a, essentially a 50-50 nation mm-hmm. and get even a four- or five-point lead mm-hmm. over Biden would be remarkable. Right. Now, a lot of things are at play here. A lot of things will change along the way, including the fact that Donald Trump will have to actually be in court throughout this race. Yeah, like over the day and before over Super Tuesday was yeah. that. I don't know if they they might have postponed it, but yeah. so, <laughs> but there's a lot going on here. My question is, and what some have wondered, I was actually on Jesse Waters' show last night, and he was floating: Is this part of a bit of a Washington Post campaign to boot this guy? Like he needs to find his way to the door because we had Ignatius's column. Yeah. Now I, w- I would there say- There are two other columns since then. Yes. And I will say Max Boot's column was sort of a punch from the other direction because yeah. Max Boot's column was, he's terrible. There's no one you can replace him with. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh no. He, yeah. And Max Boot's emphasis was the Kamala Harris problem, yes. wasn't it? That was, yes. his, that was his concern. Which which it shows up in these numbers too, because when they were asked who could run mm-hmm. instead, Kamala is not ahead of no. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I mean, she's like, like maybe one point below him. They've seen her on stage. They've seen her perform. And it's it speaks for itself. And I know she has defenders who would say that she just hasn't been given a chance. Or the vice president's job is you nothing except for, I don't know, handle the border. And uh, that, you know, really what she needs is a real opportunity to shine. And she hasn't been given that opportunity. And, of course... You know, the, the, the racism, sexism angle, oh, yeah. which I am dying to ask these people who say that the only people who don't like Kamala are racist and sexist. I want to ask those people, would they vote for Condoleezza Rice if she was running for yeah, office? Because they would be, what would they say? They'd happen. say, absolutely not. Just just like- It's ideological. I'm, I'm pulling this from out of thin air, but Katie Porter was profiled last week. Did we oh, talk really? about this? No, we didn't. Katie, Katie, Katie Porter, who's going to run for Senate mm-hmm. in California as a Democrat, she is a representative of the Orange County area, a liberal woman, said in a Washington Post profile that it doesn't help equality to elect somebody like Joni Ernst. That doesn't really cut it. <laughs> Because Joni Ernst is just like a female veteran who's very Uh competent in doing Uh the job for Iowa. But 
doesn't count. Similarly, doesn't, Condoleezza Rice yeah, doesn't count. Doesn't count because what matters is what we believe. Mm-hmm. So we'll just toggle back and forth. Okay. Of note, in the NBC News poll, finds Republicans with a 21-point advantage on which yeah. party better handles the economy with 49% of registered voters picking the GOP and 28 picking Democrats. That is the largest lead Republicans have held on this question in our poll dating back to 91. So That's it's right. not just issues with him, no. with Biden, which there are many, yeah. including with a majority of Democratic voters. And the numbers just go up with independents and obviously up with Republicans. But it's this central issue, right, which is the economy, which they named after Biden. By the way, yeah. is that part of the op to get him to walk out the door? Because now that you've hung it on Biden, perhaps you could get rid of him at the top of the day and be like, well, we didn't do that. These are not Harris nomics. I, I don't I don't blame them for coming up with the idea of Bidenomics because it sounds so good. And not every name works with the nomics, right? So oh, Reaganomics so works good. They were simply and by Biden. The... Oh, it's it's going to be great. The you know the economy is going to work out. We'll point out all these various <laughs> numbers. Would it work on Mattis not Hamnomics? No. Mattisnomics does no. not work. But Bidenomics, how can you resist? But now. It's they they, they got to own it. You know, honestly, I think that's the level of thinking over at the White House. And <laughs> no, the campaign, really, it the campaign. is. <laughs> uh, there are a number of interesting when you break down those particular polls. You said that was an NBC one you mentioned yes. and then the ABC one. One of those numbers was that Trump was leading Biden plus five among Hispanics. Yes. That's another one that they need to be worried about. And there's uh, there's been worry about this before yeah. noted in the New York Times Siena poll by by Nate Cohn over yeah. at the New York Times, where there is a. They're experiencing the same fall off among minority voters in the non-college educated groups and young, even among younger oh, voters because they skew younger. Down. They're lower Down. income. They're Down. non-college educated. Mm-hmm. And at lower rates, they're right. willing to say they're going to vote mm-hmm. for Democrats. Now, that is a problem for them as a coalition. Right. But here's the question. If the guy is Trump and if you're only concentrating those gains in blue states, right. it doesn't matter on the map. I think, by the way, it's worthy to woo those votes either way, even if they are just in blue states. But I'm not sure that where they are located ends up netting you a lot. That's right. That's right. So uh, it'll be interesting. It it is really quite amazing if you stop and think about those particular numbers, even if the margin isn't that large, that still Americans in general favor Republicans over Democrats when it comes to the economy. And in previous polls, education. Those were the the, the stalwart, the the pillars of Democratic advantage in polling, right? Crime, foreign policy was always a Republican thing. Let's assume that foreign policy is also not Biden's strong suit. Yeah. Not good. Also, can Republicans still lose? Absolutely. With those kind of fundamentals, they can blow that game for sure. sure. Did you see 2022? Yeah. If if the nominee is... Not able to run in certain states, or well, if he has other legal problems. Well, and we here's don't know. here's the big issue about a Trump candidacy mm-hmm. in that environment: he's not going to talk about the economy. Oh no! He, even when he should have and could have, he loved talking instead about yes. himself and grievances. He's going to. Go, he's a victim. But, he loves way, talking about being a victim. He will be at the UAW picket line. I guess he's going to Michigan. Okay, to, yeah, to stand yeah, with some labor yeah. workers, which is an everyone's of, Biden was just there. Everyone's yeah. picking the sign of labor. I, well, I, I, he said it's because Trump said he was going to Michigan and then yeah. Biden said, no, no, I will go Beat stand with them. Yeah. Now, even though my mandates are the ones that have, you know, mm-hmm. made the made the industry all for <laughs> they say <laughs> something like that. that. 
Yeah, sure. So he's going to Michigan, which is illustrative of a an interesting division between more traditional conservatives and yes. the more populist. Trump, and there was a point to what I was saying, and I lost it. <laughs> well, uh, the, every, feel free to use that. <laughs> everyone's focused on Wayne County, right? Because they think, oh, oh I was going to say, there you go. If Trump's going to Michigan, ostensibly he'd be talking about labor and quality of life and people being able to afford things. But let's just see how long he spends on that. Before he ends up talking event. about the trials. Yes. Yeah. Now let's let's put a stopwatch on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That is. We do have the debate upcoming. Oh, yes. Now, there are, I believe, six candidates on mm-hmm. the stage this time. So it will be fewer than last time. I think we have, I didn't do it. I'm not doing a ton of debate preview here. We will follow yeah, up yeah, on yeah. that later this week. But I think we have sort of the same situation we had last time, which is luckily with fewer candidates, so somebody has a chance to make a bit more of a splash. DeSantis and Haley are most poised to be able to do that. Haley sort of leapfrogged Tim Scott in the polls when she had an outstanding yeah. performance in the last debate. She certainly shows great promise, particularly with, and this is anecdotally, and I think you see it in polls too, with women voters who are keen on her, which is a very important thing. Ron DeSantis at this point is hanging all his hopes on Iowa, and he had a good performance last time, but you got to have a breakout performance slash knockout performance of other people on the stage. You know who did great in Iowa? Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) That's you really need to. Life. Hopefully, it's. I, I get it. I get it. You want this. You want a snowball effect, and if you can ride the, assuming that nothing happens like the last time with in the Democratic Iowa caucuses of 2020, where where Pete Buttigieg fit, he won, but they refused to call it for him for days, and by the time they finally were able to concede in the news yes. that he had won the Iowa caucus, everybody had been talking already about New Hampshire, and then of course Biden winning right. in South Carolina. It was a technological Charlie Foxtrot for the yes. Democrats yes, it was. in that it was, in that it was race. A snafu. But Ron DeSantis has it turns out two debates upcoming. Uh, yes, not just the one this week, but he will face Governor Gavin Newsom, Democrat of California. A non-official, yeah, non-sanctioned yes. debate. This is like I don't. This is like Thriller in Manila. This one will air on Fox. By the way, this week's debate is Dana Perino and Varney from Fox Business. Mm-hmm. They'll be interesting moderators. I'm excited right. to see them. But this one will be during Hannity's 9 p.m. primetime slot. It will take place on November 30th, and it will be in Georgia. And Newsom's showing up for this, which is is an interesting coda to our poll numbers story. Yes. Because these antics, these antics are to let everyone know that this racehorse is ready. There are backers and friends of Kamala Harris, the vice president, who off the record or on background have already spoken out and said this is not cool. Yeah. That DeSantis should not be doing this because we have a vice president. What are you doing? The statement was, this isn't cool. He he might be good at this. You (laughs) can't go out speaking cogently. And, to a full audience and, 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 without me. And Governor Newsom's response is, hey, we're just having some fun. That's not, I'm just doing this for fun. So Practice. It's just practice. So like I said, this is a November date. I'm excited about it for a couple of reasons. One, I think it gives DeSantis lots of room to breathe. Uh, he needs are, this. Yes. He needs this opportunity. Well, and that's why he's taking this opportunity. Let's, right? It's I'm, pretending that this is a general election debate in his mind. This, yeah. is, what it, this is what it would well, look like. Well, and here's the thing. It's the general election debate that people deserve. Yeah. Right? 
we have we have small numbers on either <laughs> side this. either side me? of the ideological spectrum yeah. who insist that we have these very old enfeebled semi-enfeebled either legally or or in their minds mm -hmm. folks that have to run against each other again we're going to do that but this would be a clash of yeah. worldviews by people who are very capable of communicating mm -hmm. them i don't like newsom i don't agree with newsom but he can communicate yeah and that is something i'm sure that desantis has considered in taking this opportunity newsom of course wants to launch himself into the conversation about like why is yeah let's I'm, put him i'm, on I'm not running stage. but i am right uh i i have two thoughts on this one okay. is i'm intrigued by Sean Hannity's role in all this mm -hmm. and pulling this off. Well, now, he also, had had Gavin it, Newsom on his show it before. telegraphs some confidence from one Gavin Newsom. Well, yeah, th whether this is too. overblown confidence, mm -hmm. I don't know. Kind of like his hair. But uh, Yeah, on going on Fox. Yeah, going on Fox, adjudicated by Sean Hannity. Mm -hmm. This is obviously more friendly ground for DeSantis. So interesting that he's taking it is it is Sean Hannity is turning. He's like Frank Sinatra when he reunited Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis at the telephone. <laughs> he's bringing people together. So beautiful. OK, so I get it. Two sides, you know, are, are two different sets of beliefs about where this country should be headed. But for me, I have one basic question for Gavin Newsom, which is this is what. Yes, he's he's well spoken. He's very slick. You know, he's the quaffed. hair. He's quaffed, you know, <laughs> better than me. My question would be. Why would we want our states to look like California? Right. Mm -hmm. Aren't people leaving that state in droves? And why? Uh, thank you, Mr. Mattis, for your question. <laughs> We appreciate oh, if that you. was real, I'd be like this. I'd we be appreciate like you being in the town hall audience uh, uh, for this fake presidential yeah. debate that we're holding. Look, <laughs> I think that's the question that they'll argue about a lot. And that's the other reason I'm glad you said that, because it leads to my most favorite reason that this is happening. Yes. Which is that I desire a reckoning on COVID governing. Yeah. And this I hope they bring it up. is the place mm -hmm. where you could get that I, well, real deal. I have three words for you because I already know the answer. Because I have I have the Gavin Newsom cheat okay. sheet already. Three words: mistakes were made. <laughs> well, and then the whole press will be like, "So magnanimous and wise right. of him <laughs> to recognize yes, no, humility." The things that's that he something did you wrong. don't see in Washington that's anymore. What we is need you don't see more it. of. And DeSantis yeah. is over here like, I mean, we we could use more of being right the first time. That's a thing. He did close the beaches down for a little bit, for a little bit. <laughs> long enough for that. The guy, the not, Grim Reaper. Not, not long enough to keep the Grim Reaper away. Who dressed up? Where is he now? Okay. okay. Another sign, by the way, that he wants to run. Mm -hmm. He just vetoed that bill that I believe we talked about. Yes. That passed. It's a very uh, distressing. It's, it's, it's things. There are there are issues, transgender issues, that are very distressing happening in the state of California. Yes. So a California bill would have required judges to consider a parent's acceptance or affirmation of their child's gender identity when weighing child custody disputes. He vetoed it, said he urged caution that the bill's approach could be used to, quote, diminish the civil rights of vulnerable communities. Moreover, a court under existing law is required to consider a child's health, safety, welfare than determining when determining the best interests of a child in these proceedings, including the parent's affirmation of a child's. He's basically saying this kind of already exists under the, yeah. the heading of child's welfare. But it would have been pretty scary and invasive to have it codified in this way. So interesting that he, for once, takes the... Well, more, because he might be thinking of the long game, mm -hmm. which is 
How does this play outside of California? As amazing yep. and wonderful as California is, perhaps is not my, this might not play in other states. But it is a very serious movement that's happening there in which if there's a custody battle, they want in California for judges to rule on behalf of the parent who affirms the child's choice of gender versus somebody who says, well, I think my child is just going through a moment of confusion right now and I don't want to have him or her take puberty blockers. No, forget it. Then you are, you cannot. And in which case it incentivizes the more, the as proactive as possible parent, right? So the the parent doing the most. It's distressing. Which might be the worst ends up. Absolutely distressing. Anyway, that was that was okay. vetoed. Speaking of parents' rights, can I just run us a little, just a little clip oh, boy. Yeah. of the Secretary of Education Cardona speaking, or he just he just has some thoughts on parents. There was civility. We could disagree. We could have healthy conversations um, around what's best for kids. I respect differences of opinion. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public. And then acting as if they know what's right for kids. So that, that seems to be sort of broadly interpreted, I think. Mm-hmm. That's the, there seems to be a danger there. Well, first of all, taking issue, this is what many school boards did and many of our friends on the left do, which is to take all parent upset and turn mm-hmm. it into some sort of weird pathological problem. Mm-hmm. And threat. For instance, like the father who complained to his school board that the sexual assault of his daughter had not been properly dealt with and had, in fact, been hidden from everyone, which, in fact, it was. He became the symbol of how parents were out of line when he was, in fact, very inside Mm -hmm. the lines when it came to what was required of the school board. Same thing here. You're misbehaving in in public, which means raising your voice at a school board meeting. What does that mean? When you probably you have. Every right to do so. Because, you know, the by the way, the left has never done that. They don't no, misbehave no, no, in public. No. Make them uncomfortable is not no, like, no, you know, no. Their, whole, do that. their whole thing. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> and then acting like they know what's right for kids. They do know what's right for kids. They're the They're parents of the children. Your kids. Yeah. But they don't believe that. No, they no, no. That. Again, teachers and to a larger extent, government should have more Larry. of a say in what they're teaching your kids or having control over how your kids are being raised. I mean, it's kind of, well... Just just believe them when they say I'd, stuff. I'd like to hope that most parents think that's crazy and that parents feel like they want to know. I'd like to think that a majority of parents want to know if these things are happening with their kids. I don't know the answer, though, but oh. I, I hope so. Oh, they do. I can, I can tell you the polling on this. Oh. In New Jersey, where they had a... Yes. Uh, they had a they where had the school a proposed, districts are being sued. Right. They had a proposed law yeah. that would require school districts to tell parents of minor children about social transitions. Right. That polls at 77% in the state of New Jersey. I believe it might be even slightly more among specifically parents of minor children, like into the 80s. It is yeah. it is a 70 to 85% issue. <laughs> so okay. Slightly. Re- I yeah, no. get to 90, but I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. You want to talk about this we do, thing? Well, I, we're going to get to that. But we want to talk about your thing first. Oh, okay. Well, if we have we, time. We have time. Okay. Bonus for the people. Bonus. Okay. My thing really quickly. No, this is this goes under the category of mistakes were made. Correct? Yes, mistakes were made. Okay. You want to explain what happened here? <laughs> okay. So I have a sound clip also. <laughs> oh, which yes. is No, it's- Okay. Oh, it is- Okay. I'll set it up. David Brooks, who is a New York Times 
mm-hmm. columnist and a former colleague of yep. yours. I'm not sure if we overlapped at the Weekly Standard. Yeah. He re- he tweeted something from an airport restaurant in Newark. In Newark, he had a plate with a with fries, a big old burger, and a scotch near him or a bourbon on in the area Mm -hmm. and said this cost me 78 dollars this is why is this why voters think the economy is terrible Mm -hmm. i think was the the quote what happened after that Vic? uh yes david who full disclosure i consider him a friend although i haven't kept as good touch with him over the years since he left the weekly standard but i do see him from time to time and we're friendly he got outright raged by the bill right the bill was what 80 bucks right and he said oh my gosh burger fries and a drink this is cost 80 no wonder everybody's upset he tweets it out right because that's what you do now because you see something you immediately you can't keep it in you got to share it with the world you tweet it out and then not long after that i'm sure people already started to poke fun at him about this and poke holes in the story but then the restaurant which is a barbecue restaurant in new york airport they 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 went to that they went to his receipt sell sorry they went to the receipt somehow they were able to figure this out and did a line by line and said gee most of that bill comes from your drinks and then immediately, in David's defense, he was very apologetic and admitted, uh, using words like stupidly, that he rushed to send this poor, poorly decided tweet. Yeah. Or poor, you know, it just, you, you think at the time that it's trenchant and then you send it out and then, well, he owned up to it and said that this was a mistake. Well, so... Which yes, it was. he fell in the Tom Friedman trap, which is like, don't don't take all your anecdotes and turn them into, into columns. Now, this wasn't a column. In no, no, David no. Brooks's Just a tweet. I also think he's making the right point in the wrong way. Yeah. He has a point. Here, here he is talking about it on PBS. Oh, boy. And no, it's it's okay, actually good. really good. All right, all right, all right. I want to commend him yep. for this comeback good. from Let's this hear it. burial via, yeah, yeah, yeah. via social okay. media. Yeah, he got roasted. Yeah. Um, David, before we go, I want to ask you about this uh, uh, a tweet that you put out this week where, and we can put this up on screen, um, you posted this tweet that showed uh, dinner that you were having at an airport and that it cost $78. And you wrote, this is why the American people think the economy is terrible. You got roughed up a little bit online about this, but I'm just curious more about what, what, what you were trying to convey with that. Yeah, well, first it was, it started out hatched in my mind as a, as a joke, because if you looked at what I was eating, it was bourbon and a very fattening hamburger right. and fries. So it's delicious like a, dinner. I, I can't afford to make bad lifestyle choices. Uh, but, uh, but the problem with the tweet, which I wrote so stupidly, was that it made it seem like I was oblivious to something that is blindingly obvious, that an upper middle class journalist having a bourbon at an airport is a lot different than a family living paycheck to paycheck. And when I'm getting sticker shock, it's like, an, it's like an inconvenience. When they're getting sticker shop, it's a disaster. And so I was insensitive. I screwed up. I should not have written that tweet. I should, probably should not write any tweets. But um, that's I advice a, we should all be yeah, taking. But I, I made a mistake, and I, I, it was stupid. But the the one point that is maybe can be drawn, if anything can be drawn, was uh, we you can look, experience inflation as a a chart with downward slope inflation's coming down. But the way we, norm- we experience relaxation day to day is as that moment of sticker shock. You're in the grocery store, you're at the gas station, and suddenly costs something way more than you anticipated. And for people who are, who are less fortunate than I am, uh, that is a disaster. And so we have to understand why we say inflation's coming down, but for people living and seeing those sticker shock moments, it doesn't feel that way. So fair. Correct. Good. I thought. A real elegant yes. adjustment I also, to that message. David, knowing David, uh, it's not like 
he he's a big drinker and he had six rail bourbons right, right. that added up to the seventy eight dollars. Yeah. You could have one or two. Let's say this: oh, one if you're having one bourbon at an, at an airport, airport yeah. at an airport, let's say I mean, you get a beer be at a, an yeah, airport, a top shop, twenty bucks. It can get you twenty five dollars for a bourbon, so two of those would be fifty. I do question the choice of pairing the bourbon with burger because I love both, but not together at the same time. I figure <laughs> they need to be separately I think appreciated. The internet was mad about that. Too. Yeah, I was mad about that part. But look, I was at JFK Airport on my way to England. It was like ten p.m. I was finally able to de-stress, and I went to the Bobby Vans. This is at the British Airways slash American Airlines new terminal. And he had a Bobby Vance. So just me alone because we had time to kill 10 p.m. And it was so good just to be able to relax. And I had one bourbon and it was about 18, 20 bucks. So, you know, it's, it's real. It happens to the best of us. But I think what he does mention, which is also true, is the perils of social media. Yeah. Because you feel like you're compelled to and be careful. That's all. Because sometimes it could be really good. Yeah. But be careful. All right. See, okay. Let's shut her down. Oh, that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can follow us at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram and YouTube. You should do that. Long live Travente. We'll see where this is headed. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>